and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 2022 film Lightyear. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our overall impressions of the film and giving a score to the film. Since this is a relatively new film at the time of this recording, we feel the need to give you, the audience, a spoiler warning. We will be recapping the entire film and discussing all major plot points. So, if you don't want anything from the movie spoiled for you, turn off this episode and come back once you've watched the movie for yourself. Now grab some popcorn, sit back, and enjoy this episode. Lightyear is a 2022 American computer animated science fiction action-adventure film produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. The film is a spin-off of the Toy Story film series and the fifth overall installment in the franchise. It centers on the character Buzz Lightyear, although instead of following the cast of toy characters from the main franchise, the film presents itself as part of a franchise within the Toy Story films in which Lightyear is a character. The film is written by Jason Heedley, Matthew Aldrich, and Angus McLean, who also directed the film. It was produced by Gail Sussman, Peter Doctor, and Andrew Stanton. The music is by Michael Giancino. The cinematographers were Jeremy Lasky and Ian Megbian. The film was edited by Anthony J. Greenberg. The film follows Lightyear, operating as a space ranger, who, after being marooned on a hostile on a hostile planet with his commander and crew, tries to find a way back home while confronting a, a threat to the universe's safety. The concept of a human Buzz Lightyear, who exists in the fictional universe within a, fi within a fictional universe, was first adapted in the 2000 direct-to-video film Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, The Adventure Begins, which was then used as the pilot to the TV series Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which ran from 2000 to 2001. After finishing work on Finding Dory, McLean, an avid science fiction fan, who previously directed the opening scene and credits of the 2000 Buzz Lightyear of Star Command film and series, pitched the idea of making a film about Buzz Lightyear at Pixar, invoking the science fiction films he grew up watching, with the animators giving the film a cinematic and chunky look to do so. Lightyear premiered at the El Captain Theater in Los Angeles on June 8th, 2022, I suppose. I forgot to put the year in there. And was theatrically released in the United States on June 17th, 2022 in Real D 3D, 4DX, Dolby Cinema, and IMAX formats. It became the first Pixar film to be released in theaters worldwide since Onward in March of 2020, and the first to be filmed in IMAX. The film was a, bo a box office bomb, grossing only $225 million worldwide against a $200 million uh, production budget because of the pandemic. <laughs> so, well, that, yeah. and I think, I think this movie suffers from not really people not understanding exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but we can if, get into that later, though. If we weren't in the COVID times, it would have done much better, I believe. Oh, probably. Yeah, and it received generally positive reviews from critics, praising its animation, voice acting, score, and entertainment value, but criticized its plots. 
The film has a runtime of 105 minutes. The film stars Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, James Brolin as Elder Buzz Lightyear slash Zerg, Uzu Aduba as Alicia Hawthorne, Kiki Palmer as Izzy Hawthorne, Kiara Harrison as Young Izzy, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Commander Burnside, Taika Waititi as Mo Morrison, Dale Souls as Darby Steele, Efren Ramirez as Airman Diaz, Peter Son as Sox, Mary McDonnell Lewis as Ivan, Angus McLean as Eric and Cyclops, Tim Peake as Mission Control, and Bill Hader as Feathering Hampson. Very nicely done. <laughs> Which I thought that character was going to play a much bigger part in the movie, given right? how much focus is on him in the beginning. But sadly, uh, not really. No. Um, May he rest in peace, yeah. I guess. So let, let's dive into the plot. Uh, first, we have an opening crawl. I, I called it that because, you know, Buzz Lightyear kind of invokes Star Wars, even yeah. though it's... Um, and that's kind of what it's supposed to be, though. Yeah, yeah. And it said, In 1995, a boy named Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy for his birthday. It was from his favorite movie. This is that movie. And then the plot has, In a far future, a massive ship dubbed the Turnip carries a colony through hyperspace to an unknown destination. The ship makes a quick pit stop at a planet named uh, Taika Prime. Taikana Prime. Thank you. Taikana Prime. And Space Rangers Buzz Lightyear and Alicia Hawthorne traverse the new newfound surroundings for any resources. Buzz is a dutiful ranger with a habit of doing things on his own and makes mission logs to help him focus. Alicia, his best friend, mocks him for this and has been with him since the early days uh, since the early training days at the academy. So I have a few notes here to start off with. Um, I loved Buzz line, Buzz's lines about saying the terrain, unstable, air, unbreathable, and no signs of intelligent life. You know, it's a Toy yes. Story callback. It made me I laugh. I do love that he's doing that the whole movie, too, like doing the mission logs. It just, oh. like, comes back to the toy more, too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then he also has the line saying uh, to Alicia, I believe, you're mocking me, aren't you? Which is another direct callback to Toy Story. And I have a question here. Uh, where was Buzz's cool lightsaber accessory with the toy that both Andy and I got? He didn't have that little lightsaber or the gun uh, that he has in the movie here when they Listen, released it. Listen, it can't be a perfect one for one, <laughs> Jason. Toys are never perfect. That's true. I, oh, well, he didn't have it then so that now they can sell a Buzz Lightyear action figure with the cool lightsaber and gun that he has. It, you're right. I didn't think of that. Um, Alicia also brings along a recruit named... <laughs> Feathering Hampston, um, which, you know... That, that's a terrible name, yeah, but I well, love it. That's, that's the whole point of the movie, or not the point of the movie, but the plot in the movie, too, is that even Buzz can't say his name, uh, and it's difficult. Um, but whom Buzz is indifferent to, as he feels that he can do things without the aid of anyone. Shortly after meeting the rookie, the trio are attacked by living vines and large flying insects and rush back to the turnip. Buzz takes control of the ship and hastily tries to maneuver it off the planet, despite furthering Hampston and Alicia trying to offer their help to him and the low altitude that the ship has. He just barely manages to fly the turnip off the ground, but it, it hits a cliff, causing them to lose air and crash back down onto the planet. With the last of their holistic fusion energy wasted, Buzz offers to have himself uh, stripped of his rank 
but Alicia perks him up and gives him a new mission to get them off the planet by using the planet's resources to make a new Kralistic fuel source. One year later, the colony has developed a civilization with vines and bugs only being a minor problem. A new fuel source is created and set to be tested by Buzz himself. Their plan is for Buzz to use the fuel to fly off planet, make a swing around the closest uh, sun, and try to reach hyperspace before safely landing back on Takana Prime. Buzz flies off to the sun and manages to loop around, but nearly damages the ship's engine, forcing him to eject the fuel and sling himself back through the safety loops. I have a note here saying that I laughed out loud when Buzz had to blow into the cartridge to get Ivan, the uh, computer, to work correctly. It's uh, an obvious. It obviously reminded me of the older video game cartridges, like the ones that we had in 1995. Well, I think this movie is trying to invoke too, like that feeling that this movie would have came out in like 1995, because yeah. that's the like thought processes. This movie came out in 1995, and this is Andy's favorite movie. Yeah. Even though the animation is way beyond anything that, that they had in 1995. <laughs> can't, but, can't like, get think that. But yeah, it, it does invoke that feeling. You're correct. And Buzz lands and notices that Airman Diaz now has a beard where he did not have one before. Diaz reveals that his trip caused him to miss over four years on the planet. Buzz is reunited with Alicia, who is now his superior, and brings him up to date on how his trip is affected by time and asks that he abandon the mission. Buzz additionally learns that in the intervening years, Alicia met a science a scientist named Kiko, uh, who is now engaged to her while the colony has chosen to build living quarters. Buzz is given his, and is additionally given a small robotic cat named Socks, who was designed to be his close companion, while also displaying useful technolo uh, technological devices with him. Buzz has a nightmare about, about his crash and decides to give Sox a mission to find a, a suitable formula for a fuel source. And I have a note here saying that you gotta love Sox. Oh my god, Sox is perfect. Like, yeah. I kept seeing toys and videos of him and thinking he was a little creepy, but now I'm like, no, would die for Sox, want my own Sox, how do I get yeah. science to get caught up on making me my own little Sox? I mean, if they can make that BB-8 robot, I, I think we're I not far Sox. away from Sox. Sox. Yeah, Sox would be great. Buzz meets up with Alicia and manages to convince her to, uh, to let him go again until they find the right fuel to get off the planet. In the years that Buzz spends traveling into space and back, he witnesses Alicia's life flash, flash before his eyes. Her pregnancy, her family life with Kiko, her son's graduation and marriage, and her autumn years. And I wrote a note here saying I loved the little three-second scene of a much older Alicia driving very poorly. And then flaps his hand yeah. and he tries to take control. Oh, I yeah. love that too. Yeah, it was great. And then Buzz eventually returns to find that Alicia has passed away, but left behind a message telling him to continue uh, the fight while also revealing her granddaughter, Izzy, who aspires to be a space ranger. And I wrote a note here saying that Pixar does know how to pack the emotional punch. It was very sad watching Alicia's last recording for Buzz, two characters we've maybe spent 20 minutes with at this point of the film. You know, I was telling Jason, like, I, I knew this was, like, part of the plot that, like, time was going to skip. So I figured this was going to happen over the course of the film. So the fact that this happened in 20 minutes, I got to the end of this and was like, I am an emotional wreck, but also we have another, like, hour of this movie. What the hell is going to happen? Like, yeah. surely we got the main points out already. Like, 
Because Pixar likes to play with the emotions, which is why I thought that was just going to be the emo movie. And the moral of the story was going to be, at the end, you, we should have just yeah. enjoyed our time with our friends. Yeah, which you could Which it is, but yeah, also, for... like, not the same, for the same reason, I would yeah. say. Like, but, ooh. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. It's not, it's almost as sad as the first uh, ten minutes of Up. Yeah. Which was brilliantly done because there's no dialogue there or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, so up, it still still tops it, but this gets pretty close. This, like, this also has very little dialogue, which I think yeah. is what does it. And but so you, again, and I was telling you this earlier, that four years are passing by and like, they know they're going to keep letting him do this. At some point, like, why are these people not progressing in, on their own in that four years to be like, he should be coming back and they should be like, okay, we have it figured out. Yeah. Or we figured out a different plan. Like, they're just letting him continue to do this and like, making these bare minimum changes to try and change things and it's not working. Yeah, it's not, it's not like they're like, okay, we came up with 50 different variants now for you to try. They're like, okay, well, here's the next one. Whereas Buzz tells Socks to figure it out, and Socks spends these 60 years figuring out the, the correct form. Yeah, it took him that long. But imagine if it wasn't just Socks yeah. doing it. If, like, other people, maybe it would have been figured out in, like, 40. Yeah, exactly. And Alicia also would have gotten to be a space ranger again. Like, yeah. those are the things I think about. Like, why wasn't anybody doing anything? Like, they were just like, okay, bye, Buzz. Go do the thing again. Maybe I'll get it right this time. Woohoo. Yeah. Alicia's office is now occupied by Commander Burnside, who informs Buzz that the mission to get off the planet has been canceled and that they will make do by building a laser shield. Shocking Buzz. Buzz solemnly returns to his living quarters and learns that Sox managed to successfully find a suitable formula for the uh, crystallic engine. However, soldiers dubbed Zappers arrive to decommission Socks, and Buzz flees with them. Socks uses his ability to use a tranquilizer dart to get past one Zapper, making Buzz realize that Socks was initially designed to keep him in line. And that's that's a hilarious scene of the film where he shoots the guy with the dart, and Buzz was like, "Whoa, was that for me?" And he's like, "You know, if, if you stepped out of line, yeah." Like, um, and then, using the formula, they managed to create the perfect crystallic fusion. But the computer carrying the information gets destroyed, and Buzz and Sox flee once again. They manage to get back onto a spaceship and escape the zappers with Buzz flying around the sun and successfully achieving hyperspace. And I have here Sox's line saying, Congratulations, Buzz. That was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. And That's I, so I, good. Yeah, I love this character. You know what bothers me, though, is that they wanted to decommission him, like, ten seconds after Buzz got back, basically. Like, don't you think this man's been through a lot? Shouldn't you leave the, you know, emotional Companion. support yeah. animal with him for a little bit, and yeah. then decommission it in, like, a month or two? Yeah, his best friend die, died, and, Right, you know, and you're just friend. gonna go, yank it. Yeah, yeah. Buzz returns to the planet, but finds that things have become much more barren. He is rescued by a cadet from a robot who teleports itself and Buzz's ship away. The cadet reveals herself to be a grown-up Izzy Hawthorne. Buzz has traveled over 22 years into the future. Izzy reveals that the robot came from a giant mothership floating above the surface of the planet, dubbed the Zerg ship, uh, after the fact that the robots can only say Zerg. She further reveals that the robots are surrounding the colony, who have placed the uh, who have placed up their laser shield and are trapped. In order to defeat the robots, they need to blow up the ship. 
which they now uh, can do due to Buzz being a pilot. Which I think is interesting that like they had to have a, like none of them. Well, we'll get to it, but none of them knew how to fly a ship. You think that would be something with like some that somebody would be trained on? Yeah. Like these people really weren't planning on ever leaving, and I'm like, so you're just gonna send this man anyway, like yeah. a million times. Like Alicia should have sat him down sooner than and been like, "Buzz, yeah, we're never gonna get off." And like maybe he wouldn't have heard it anyway and listened, but like surely there is something that could have been done prior to this. Yeah. But it's just interesting because, like, you think, like, like you look at, like, maybe Star Trek as an example. Like, um, why can't I think of the character's name right now? Um, who flies the ship? The Asian guy. Um, no. Sulu. Uh, Sulu, thank you. Yeah. Sulu flies the ship. But if Sulu isn't there, then um, the Russian guy takes over and he flies yes. the ship. And if both of them have to go for some reason, because Kirk likes to use all of his first officers on uh, on missions onto planet planets for whatever reason, there's another guy who step a red shirt that steps in and flies the ship. Like there's like and to a be chain. fair, I'm sure Kirk could probably fly the ship Kirk if he really needed. Kirk can most like, certainly fly the well, ship. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, like, like everybody can fly the ship. Yeah, like it, it's like, just that's part of training. Yeah, in it, space. Yeah, it's just weird that like they were like, oh no, none of us know how to fly, and like that. I don't know. Not that flying isn't difficult. It is, but it seems like something that like you if could you were, figure honest, out. Like yeah. if you were living in a space colony, that that would be like a yeah need to know exactly. But uh, Buzz, Socks, and Izzy reach the fort, where the latter introduces the rest of the team: Darby Steele, Mo Morrison, and Eric, a robot. Eric slash Derek, whatever you want to call him. Um, with the plan set in motion, the group is suddenly attacked by a robot that blows up their ship and tries to carry Buzz away. And I have a note here saying uh, Buzz delivered the line that he always used with uh, him and Alicia. They would say, to infinity and beyond. The and other touch, one. point and, their fingers. Yeah, kind of like E.T. and Elliot. Yeah. Um, and he tries to do this with Izzy, and he's like, oh, it's a thing your grandmother and I used to do, and Mo is like, ew. And he's like, no, not like that. We weren't... And I just wrote, you know, it's great adult humor. They're alluding to something more going on between Buzz and Alicia, but it'll go over little kids' heads. So, at this point, it becomes apparent that each member is ill-equipped to handle any action or danger. Nevertheless, Buzz manages to disarm the robot, and Mo unintentionally puts it out of commission by tossing a harpoon at its head. Which, this, this robot, it's like the Terminator, it keeps coming back for them throughout the whole movie. Buzz learns that the group is actually Junior Patrol, and are not even considered rookies mo came aboard thinking that he was attending a workout boot camp and has always been a quitter darby is trying to shorten her sentence after having stolen a ship while izzy who is well knowledgeable uh who is well knowledgeable in her grandmother's life lacks patience without a ship buzz resolves to get a new one eric informs them that they have an abandoned hangar nearby but he even suffers uh, from a major flaw where he is unable to provide a, a proper pathway to it on the map and becomes distracted by trying to correct himself. Despite Buzz's reluctance, the rest of the patrol insists on coming along with him as they too know uh, the way. They arrive at the hangar where Buzz plans to part ways with them, taking socks with him. The interior of the hangar is littered with eggs of giant insects. Buzz finds his old uniform, but is followed by the patrol after he accidentally took their keys to the truck. They end up alerting the insects and lock themselves in the changing room. 
Buzz resolves to have the patrol wear the other uniforms and use stealth mode to get out, while he and Sox leave via the spaceship. The plan works, but Buzz forgot to tell them that stealth mode is limited energy and the whole group is forced to escape onto the spaceship and fly out of the hangar. Which that scene, like, it kind of bothered me because they were so much closer to just leaving than they were to get to the ship that Buzz was on. And they're yeah. like, nope, go back to the ship. <laughs> like, like, they could they could have just gotten out if they had run run for the door, but eh, whatever. They advert the insects as well as another spaceship that tries to shoot them down. During this time, it is revealed that Izzy suffers from astrophobia, the fear of space, which would technically ban her from being a ranger. Uh, and I have a note here saying, when Zerg engaged them in the airship battle, I got major Darth Vader vibes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, just a lot of Star Wars references pop up in this, intentionally so. Buzz and the crew manage to safely land the ship, but they blow out a fuel cell. Izzy uh, directs the group to a nearby mining facility to get a spare uh, spare part. The group manage to find the spare part in the control deck, but Mo accidentally triggers an alarm, causing red cones to come down and trap them. Working together, they manage to destroy the controls just as the control deck breaks off and nearly falls into the mine. This was the first piece of uh, Pixar foreshadowing that they all had to come together to get the thing to work, but it was nicely done. The group gathers together and eats sandwiches from the vending machine that, oddly enough, have the bread on the inside and the meat on the outside, which is supposed to be hilarious. I have a note here, though, because... So I was watching it with somebody else, and he immediately was like, is it an alternate universe? Is that what's mm. going on? Is that why the meat's on the outside? Is that like he flung himself into a completely different universe? That's what's going on? That's not a bad idea, like, actually. Yeah. Like, this isn't even the original timeline? If they if they decide to do a Buzz Lightyear 2, they could definitely uh, do that with, with, with that. Because, like, it, it, it is, like... And they point... They, they make, like, so much about this that, like... Yeah, it's, like, a good, like, ten-minute segment of, like... What do you mean you had sandwiches with two pieces of bread? Yeah. Wouldn't that be like... Bread, meat, bread. It'd be that's, so dry. Yeah, that's a lot of bread. Yeah, that's too much bread. Like, no, you want you want meat, bread, meat. That way, and you get sticky fingers afterwards. It's it's delicious. And you, like, yeah, and yeah. you get to lick your fingers. Like, yeah. you're licking Cheeto dust off yeah. your fingers. Yeah, it's... It, meat sauce off your fingers. It is a long segment, and it would make sense to be an alternate universe because of what gets revealed later yeah, in the film. Yeah, that, that's... That, that's Apparently he had known that about the film going mm. into it, which mm. is why he was like, oh my god, I think this is like alternate universe. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. That could work, though. I like, like... I, I like that idea. As Mo sulks over nearly costing them the mission, Buzz admits that when he first got to the Academy, he was one of the worst rangers. But that Alicia saw something in him and pushed him until he became one of the best rangers in the squad. As the team heads back to the ship, they are attacked by Zerg himself who is after Buzz and ignores the others. Zerg speaks to him, telling him to come, but the team rescues Buzz and get him back onto the ship and escape. Zerg sends his minions after the team, and they hastily fly away with Moe and Darcy using weapons to fend off the robots. As they attempt to fly, Izzy uh, presumptuously releases the crystallic fusion, and they lose it to one of the robots. As Buzz walks away defeated, Zerg appears again and captures him before disappearing, leaving the team in shock. Buzz is taken onto the mothership and confronts Zerg, but but Zerg stops him. Zerg is revealed to be a giant suit, and within it, an elderly Buzz, who has also kept his version of socks. 
who has slightly deteriorated. Old Buds reveals that when he returned to Takana Prime, Burnside immediately arrived to arrest him. Uh, he continued to travel into the future with socks until he arrived at a point where technology had advanced beyond anything he could imagine. And my, my note here is when Zerg reveals himself to Buzz, Buzz first calls him Dad. A reference to Toy Story 2? Possibly? Like, since that's what Zerg, Maybe, re- yeah. that's what Zerg reveals to Buzz in that movie? And, which is, of course, itself a reference to Empire Strikes Back. Could be. Yeah. And using that technology, the older Buzz has traveled back in time to prevent the crash that stranded him on the planet, but has uh, nearly used up his crystallic fusion, uh, fusion and has been hoping to use the current Buzzes. Younger Buzz is happy to learn that they can go back, but realizes that Alicia always, uh, was always happy with her life and that it could potentially mean that Izzy and her friends uh, would cease to exist. He refuses, intending to simply get the colony off the planet and Old Buzz reveals his true colors by capturing him. However, Old Socks uses that tranquilizer dart to knock out Old Buzz and decides to help the young Buzz getting off the ship and returning the crystallic fuel. Back on Takata Prime, Izzy reveals that they can use the teleport discs from the robots and transports herself, Socks, Moe, and Darby up to the mothership. Izzy and Socks go looking for Buzz, while Moe and Darby struggle to stop the incoming robot army. Old Socks takes Buzz to the control room and sets a self-destruct timer for two minutes. However, Old Buzz returns as Zerg and destroys Old Socks, which betrayal. Yeah, yeah very like very sad in my opinion because like, that was his companion for so many yeah. years. That, like, ah, uh, poor Socks. Yeah, and this forces Buzz to face him in combat. Izzy and Socks find Buzz, but the fastest way there is by jumping out of the airlock towards the cockpit. Izzy finally conquers her fears, and they jump out and reach the other side of the ship. And I wrote down that this is a legitimately terrifying moment of Izzy jumping across the gap. Like, it scared me, and I'm just a <laughs> character watching these As fictional characters. As somebody who's characters. watched, like, other stuff, like, The Expanse, and, like, in The Expanse, they consistently do things like that. It's yeah. like, this could go wrong for a multitude of reasons. That's, um, I'm gonna spoil another movie here, but it came out a couple years ago. That's the plot of Gravity, with mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock and, uh... Uh, George Clooney. Yeah. They're out in space and George Clooney gets severed from the uh, rod like, connecting them and just floats away. And then at a certain point in the movie, he comes back and like he's like, oh no, I went around the earth and came back onto the ship and stuff. And it's like, oh, I, I guess that could work. Um, but then it's Theoretically, like, it could yeah, happen, but he would have died way before he got back. Right. But it wasn't really him. She was hallucinating him, but he came, ba- came back and helped her get back onto Earth and everything like that. So he wasn't really there, but it was like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that could work, like that he wouldn't just float off into space. But no, that's what really happens to poor George in that movie. He floats off into space and dies. But Moe and Darcy unleash their trap on the robots just as Izzy and Sox enter and help Buzz take care of Zerg. They grab the uh, crystallic fusion and teleport back to the main deck to escape via the ship. The ship explodes, sending Buzz flying and uh, uses the and uses the crystal to power his own ship and fly towards his friends. Zerg is revealed to have survived and grabs the crystal, forcing Buzz to eject and getting his wings in the process, which was such a cool moment in the movie. And I, until this moment, legitimately forgot that the Buzz Lightyear action figure had wings. But when the wings popped out, when he like yeah. hit the eject, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And I was just like, that's kind of awesome. And blows up the crystal along with Zerg. He flees and rescues his friends by steering their ship towards the ground 
and manages to fall with style. Uh, and I wrote down here the note, okay, the wings part was awesome. Buzz admits that he blew up the crystal, but has accepted life on uh, Takana Prime as his home. With the whole team safe, they are approached by a rescue team along with a very angry Burnside. Burnside reprimands Buzz for the years of going against protocol, only to congratulate him for saving the colony. Wanting to restart the Space Ranger program, he offers any mem member of the Zappers to be a part of his team, but Buzz has already decided on his own. Adorned in brand new, upgraded armor, Buzz and his team prepare for their next mission. Buzz and Izzy admire a statue of Alicia before continuing to their brand new ship. Buzz, Izzy, Moe, Darcy, and Socks get set for a brand new adventure with their motto, To Infinity and Beyond. That's how the film ends, and then we have a couple of uh, post-credit scenes. In a mid-credit scene, Burnside is sitting in his office looking over papers when a giant insect is zapped by the laser force field, something that makes him proud, because Burnside came up with the whole laser yeah. force field idea. In the post-credit scene, Eric finally maps out the perfect route to take to the hangar, only to realize that everyone has already left. And in a second post-credit scene, the Zerg armor floats through space after the explosion, and the eyes of the suit light up, indicating he survived. Okay. Should we go into our overall scores? I think or? so. Okay. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. I greatly enjoyed this film. I kind of walked into it not assuming I was going to like it, because I, and I think that's why, like, I know you said the pandemic, but also I think a lot of people were kind of put off by the idea of this film a little bit just mm. because of how Disney when Pixar was marketing it I think like I don't think they were marketing it very well to like explain what this movie was but I like that it was very fast paced there was a lot going on the whole time my only complaint would be I know it's I know it's an animated movie so you gotta like suspend disbelief a little bit but sometimes we were like science science doesn't exist in this film we're just not going to make any sense with the space stuff sometimes. And I'd sit there and be like, okay, but that, like, if that person actually did that, it just, that, that would not how that would work. Like, so, you know, got to spend disbelief a little. And I would definitely give it, like, a 7 out of 10. I, I liked it. Would watch it, would recommend everybody watch it for the most part. I don't know if I'd ever want to see, like, a sequel to this. I think this is a good one and done. Like, I like the, I like the idea that, like, they are, like, hinting that there might be a sequel in this universe that exists, but, like, I don't need to know it, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, I have to say I very much enjoyed this movie. It has some dull parts and perhaps a sto story that is both simple and somehow confusing at the same time, but overall it's entertaining. The animation is fantastic, the voice acting is great, and the emotional parts do pack a punch. However, it's far from a perfect film. Most of the plot is formulaic and nothing uh, really that inventive, just a paint-by-numbers Pixar movie. And at the same time, certain plot points, like how older Buzz traveled back in time or why he's old in general, are just hand-waved over. Also, the character of Mo Morrison is just a bad Taika Waititi. Uh, I wrote rip-off character, but I, that's because I forgot that Taika Waititi actually voiced him. It's just a bad Taika Waititi character, and his jokes get old very quickly. Another major criticism I have of the film is that I'm relatively the same age as the character of Andy from Toy Story. Canonically, Andy, Andy was born in 1989, so I'm just two years older than him. And while I enjoyed this movie now as an adult, I would most likely have found it boring as a child. 
so I find the premise hard to believe that this movie is what made Buzz Lightyear Andy's new favorite toy. All that being said, I'm going to give Lightyear a 7 out of 10. The parts of it that worked, worked very well, but there are just some parts of the movie that I didn't enjoy. You know, I kind of agree with you on that, because I was born in 1991 and I'm trying to, like, imagine being around that age and, like, wanting to watch this, and the answer would be no. Yeah. Like, this is an adult film, is how I would look at it. Like, an animated adult film. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's it's the perfect like the plot mo- millennial movie. Yeah, like, the plot is very adult, I think. It's yeah. not a children's plot. Like, even the humor is not necessarily children-oriented. No, agreed. Yeah, I think it's a, a it's a millennial movie. A millennial movie. It's like, you know, oh, hey, remember when Toy Story came out? Well... We're kind of doing a We're thing. We're invoking yeah, that same yeah. feeling. Yeah, here you go. Um, but I can't imagine being like five, six years old and like liking this movie. No. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have either. It feels like a Star Wars movie, I think, is the issue. Like, it feels like your typical space movie, which is the vibe they were going for. But as a kid, I didn't want to watch like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I well, wouldn't have had the attention span for something like that. I think Star, War- Star Wars, especially the first one, has a much simpler plot than mm-hmm. this. Accurate. Um, like, because the the first one in particular is is a fantasy story set in space. You know, hero gets an old knight to go rescue the princess from the dark True. knight, all in black. Like, it's just fantasy set in space. This I I don't think I would have enjoyed it as like I would have liked certain parts of it, and maybe have been like, oh, that's cool. But the parts that resonate with me now definitely wouldn't have resonated with me as a, like the relationship between Buzz and Alicia, and then like. Like, I, I probably would have been, like, a kid being, like, no, old Buzz is right. Like, he should go back in time and prevent this from happening. Like, th- yeah. like that doesn't make sense. Could he like, be with his best friend? Yeah, exactly. But all that being, anything else? Or, no, I think we're okay. good. Well, this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Which I really gotta get posted on that TikTok. Um... <laughs> If you would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.